Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Geek Vibes Live interview. For today's interview, I'll be your host, Tia, and we are expecting the very well-known comedian, Jamie Kennedy, on our show shortly. So we will be waiting for him to get on with us. Um, In the meantime, we will definitely talk a little bit about what you can expect uh, recently from Jamie Kennedy. Now, I'm sure that plenty of you guys remember the cult classic film Scream. And what's kind of fantastic about the horror genre right now is that a lot is resurfacing such as, you know, Halloween uh, 2018, and we will be getting, I think, the sequel, oh, I forget if it's this year or next year, but Halloween Kills, but they will be coming out with a new Scream, Scream 5, so hopefully we'll get to speak with Jamie about that, but Jamie actually has a new stand-up special called Stupid Smart with two O's, which just premiered on Tubi, and if you don't know about Tubi, it is actually a fantastic streaming service. It's completely free and has a very large library. Um, so there's really no need for you to not have Tubi, uh, simply because it won't hurt your credit card in any way. But if you don't want to sign up for Tubi, um, Jamie Kennedy's special will actually also be on other streaming platforms in June, which is about a few days away. So you don't have very long to wait. But that is the really cool thing about uh, streaming services now. You know, we don't need to necessarily go to any sort of uh, place to see stand-up. It can come all to us. So definitely make sure that you guys check out his stand-up, Stupid Smart, on Tubi. I checked it out. It's very funny. And I think that a little bit of humor is exactly what we need right now, considering all things are, you know, not so great. Not for nothing, though, uh, many states are reopening, which is really fun. Who knows when we'll be able to go back to the theaters or anything like that. But Certainly, I do hope uh, we get to experience films the way they were meant to be experienced, and that is in the movie theaters. But, of course, our health and safety comes first. But um, I am very excited to speak with Jamie. Hopefully, he'll come on very soon. But, yeah, I mean, it's 
crazy scream is something that I think a lot of us our age um, grew up on. The horror comedy genre, I want to say, probably started with Scream. Uh, Scream was very much a commentary within a commentary, so I am very excited about that. We should be getting them on right now. Um, Jamie, are you with us? Yeah, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Um, This is Tia from Geek Vibes Nation. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show and uh, speak with me. Well, thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. I first want to say congratulations on your stand-up, Stupid Smart, which just premiered on Tubi. Um, I checked it out. Very funny. Um, how has the reception been for your stand-up special? Honestly, it's been it's been really good. Like I've been doing a ton of press, like almost as much as I do for like a show or a movie. And, um, I didn't expect all the press and, and I've actually people have been reviewing it and the reviews have been like, you know, pretty good. It's like hard sometimes, you know, the reviews can be tough, but people were like complimentary and so much is going on between this and my birthday and the special so it's and the covid there's so much happening at once but it's been very positive so i'm very thankful yes and happy belated birthday the special actually dropped on your actual birthday so that was pretty cool yeah we figured we'd tie it all in you know what i mean half a century new special <laughs> I have to imagine, as you know, you said there's so much going on right now, um, that you filmed this special before all of the pretty much everything got shut down. Yeah, I filmed it right at the end of 2018, and we were, you know, editing it for a little while, and then. We were trying to get the right distributor, and then we were going to just, just self-distribute it. And then basically Tubi is a, a newer streaming service, but we knew about them. And they have my old specials, and they have a lot of my movies. And they were like, yo, what do you got? Something original. And then we did. And they were like, this is a perfect thing. And then the lockdown is terrible, but the one thing it is good for is content. Like, so many people have been hitting me up about so many different things because people are people are literally watching and everything anything everything that's ever been filmed. You know what I mean? It's like nuts. Yeah, I certainly have been burning through a lot of things that I had wanted to watch before the shutdown happened. So I certainly understand we need new and original content and certainly things to laugh at in this time. Um, how has, and first of all, I was kind of singing Tubi's praises before you came on. I actually love that service. It's free and has a huge library. But how have you been doing personally with the shutdown? I've been, honestly, um, I'll tell you, I've been, I was very paranoid for the first three weeks. There was just a lot of like, you know, like, I'm healthy, but like I had like some heart issues in my past, so I was like, "Am I susceptible?" And and I've never been one to like trip out on like the news or whatever. It's like um, that's over there. And I've been around 
most of the world. So I've seen a lot of things. So I'm like, okay, I can navigate. But it's like this was like something that was like unknown, you know. And so, so I don't know. I was watching a ton of news and I was ton of Reddit. I was going down, you know, conspiracy holes and also mainstream media holes. And, and then like, ooh, and then LA started getting nice. And then I just hearing about the sun. So like once the sun started coming out about six weeks ago, I just started absorbing the sun. Then I did my first like thing for TV, NBC. We did a thing for Feeding America. And then I did another thing. And then I started doing Zooms and started getting into a regular workout. And now I'm like been pretty productive. You know, I'm like getting all my ducks in a row, my finances, my content, my, you know, my server, like, so I'm I'm using this time to be very productive. Yeah, which I feel like um, is it's the perfect time to do that. I live in New York and it's starting to get nicer here, and I feel that a lot of people are starting to go outside, even though there's still a shutdown. So, but that's a another another story for another day. But with your stand-up, uh, stupid smart, you really touch upon like a lot of things. I, you touch upon a lot of uh, topics, kind of some that may be a little raunchy, a little taboo. Um, how has it been for a comedian? Because we've, we've heard a lot of comedians and people who are in comedy, such as, say, like Todd Phillips, comment how difficult it is to do comedy right now. I mean, how did that feel doing that stand-up kind of in this, post me to uh error that we're in well i call it the great wokeness of 2017 you know late 2017 you know a lot of stuff started happening and you know the there should be like a disclaimer that anything that happened before 2017 it was considered a joke you know i mean not anything but you know what i mean like things got started being taken very literally. So, look, comedy's never been hotter, in my opinion. It's never been more needed in a lot of ways. And as much as people are mad at jokes and things you shouldn't joke about, there's also a ton of people that love it and need it and want to absorb it. So it's very polarizing at the moment. But, listen, the, the club I did was awesome. It's called The Rec Room, and it was intimate and, like, you know, a lot of specials are big, and this was more like, hey, Jamie's getting back into the lab again, and and um, and so I was more like a smaller one, you know, like when Dave Chappelle did the bird revelations, that was in the belly room, and it was more intimate, and so that's why I wanted to do it. I mean, I did it in Huntington Beach, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they're pretty, they don't get offended in anything, you know what I mean? And so I was, I, I knew it was going to be fun there, um, but look, People are always going to be mad at jokes. The, the newest, the new thing though is what people are talking about is that you can't really. What's weird is you do jokes in a comedy club and people really get mad, and that's like where well, you're supposed to do jokes. Like if, if I was in Trader Joe's and I started saying something to you in line and you got mad, you have every right to be because it's Trader Joe's, it's not a club. But in a comedy club, you're supposed to be able to do that. You know, it's like going to Italy and getting mad that olive oil's in every dish. I mean, that's what Italy is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I, uh, to me, I feel like if I were a comedian, it would be a little difficult to kind of read the room. Uh, granted, 
as you were saying, your special, it seemed very intimate. It seems like you were getting a lot of great reaction from the audience, which I've heard from comedians that, you know, it's very difficult if your audience isn't reacting correctly. That could really sway the night and how everything goes. I mean, do you, do you uh, agree with that? Does that, like, the audience, how they react, does that fuel you as you're doing your stand-up? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, I, you, you got to play to, you want to, you want to, I mean, that's why you do it. We don't want to go up there and stink. We don't want to go up there and not connect with people. You want to connect with people. You have these thoughts, you have these ideas, and you want to be able to, like, get the reaction that you are feeling in yourself. And so that's why I love that room because it was created by a comedian and it's a totally funky little room. It's really artist friendly and people go there knowing they're going to let loose. As much as I may be known and he may bring other known comics, if you look at their roster, they bring all types of comics, um, all types of humor. And it's a place where you can be creative. And so it's good. And, and yeah, I mean, if there have been times where you do something and you're not connecting, it, it doesn't feel good. And then you try to like, you know, talk to the audience and why it's not working. But that's why I try to play all different rooms. I mean, you know, you got to try it. You can't just play mainstream rooms. Like when I go to New York, I'll try to play a little alternative rooms just to see how out of touch I am or where maybe I'm closer in touch with certain things, you know. You can't appeal to everybody, but you got to you got to get the vibes of who's doing what, so you can try to, you know, adjust. Right, exactly. And I have to ask, uh, where did the name of this stand up stupid smart come from? <laughs> uh, it, it's very it's very playful, you know. <laughs> well, thank you, because it it it. It's kind of like with my first one, and then we had a bunch of other names, and then it was like we were going to go with something else, and then I was just like, we have to go back to the original because there was some deeper stuff in there, and then I did 92 minutes, but we could only keep 60. And so I was like, this is the title. So it's like, you know, people know me as B-Rad, you know, and and so it's like like four things. It's like, so it's like a hip-hop thing of like, yo, man, he's He's stupid, you know, like, and like, it used to be like a lot, I did just joke about how a lot of black guys, when they recognize me, they'd always compliment me by calling me stupid. They'd be like, yo, man, you, you stupid, man, you dumb, like, and, but it was like a compliment, you know, so I thought, it's a hip hop thing, like, yo, that's stupid, it's so good, and then like, also people think my persona is like a little goofy, so that is that, and then, you know, I towards the second half of the special, I go into deeper topics that maybe you don't think that Jamie Kennedy would talk about. And so it gets a little smarter and then it might be smart. So it's so smart and stupid. It's like five minutes. I love it. I love it. Thank you. I I have to admit that you actually are the first comedian that I've had the pleasure of interviewing. And to me, like, it, it, it's always interesting because I always wonder when a comedian puts together a show, how, first of all, how long did it take you to come up with these jokes? I mean, I have to feel that being on stage for as long as you are and having to memorize all of these jokes, I mean, that has to have taken a long time unless, you know, 
uh, in, in reality, it's like, you know, within 10 minutes you did it. <laughs> no, it's definitely not 10 minutes. Um, some of them I had for about six years and then other ones are, you know, less than, you know, a year. So it's, it's just a mix, you know, and it's like, I probably could have put the special out a little earlier, but I just didn't really have the, you know, the distribution. And I was like, everybody was doing Netflix or bust. And then, you know, I wasn't getting the love from them. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm still going to do it. So I just got to figure out where to put it out, you know? And so, I mean, look, you can probably do a special every two years and be pretty, um, pretty tight with it. I think that some of these jokes are four years old. Some of them are two years old. Some of them are a year old. So it just depends. But usually you go up, you have an idea and you just spitball it. I'll have my friend in the back. I'll tape it. He'll gather it all up. I'll start going, this works, this works, this works. I'll shape it. He'll help me shape it. And that's how it kind of happens. But, I mean, you can really do it diligently if you work on it every night quicker than most. But you have to, like, test it out. You have to test it in five places to see if it will work across the board, you know. Right. And are you currently working on any new material? Um... That's a good question. So, like, people have been asking me about comedy in this, and I just, before I did your show, I did TMZ. So, see, it's TMZ and then Geek Nation. See, we're right in the same thing. Or Geek Vibes. Um, and they were asking me about comedy in the time of COVID, and I'm like, I haven't really been thinking about it. Because, like, I'm thinking more about, like, shopping and sanitizing, and you know what I mean? Like, survival. But now I'm starting to think of it. So, I do have another, like, 35 or 40 minutes of stuff that I've had. But I'm wondering how it's going to fare because I feel like, I don't know, the consciousness has shifted after this. There's so much turmoil in the world. Like, how can I, like, be funny but, like, be, like, you know, informative as well? You know what I mean? Like, to just do, like, pure escapism comedy might not work. So I don't know. I might have to write more and adjust because I feel like we're going to be in a different time after all this. So I I do, but I, I think I need to write more, basically, I'm saying. Yeah, and I completely understand that uh, the difficulty right now kind of trying to come up and be sensitive, uh, uh, profound, but also funny, um, it is kind of uh, hilarious last night we were talking about how Michael Bay is developing a COVID-19 pandemic movie um, and is planning on filming in a few weeks so I guess you know you're taking an even more like uh, I would feel like sensitive approach than that because when I heard that I was like oh that's a little that's a little much <laughs> no Michael Bay the only per- the only place I heard was filming was Australia. Uh, my nephew's down there, and he says he has oh. seen a crew, and that was like a week ago. I heard Michael Bay is starting in like two weeks. I heard it's a COVID movie filming in COVID, and I heard it's <laughs> going to be in LA. Um, of course, he's Michael Bay, so he'll and he's you know he's top of the game, so he'll have all the guidelines 
and and there's a lot. That's a 30 page outline which I saw, which is basically every group goes in and does their thing: camera department, sound department, makeup department, and they all are huddled together. Now, some people are talking about quarantining. I don't know how they're doing it, but yeah, I mean it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Um, it's that's 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 pretty. He's go. He's getting in the middle. He's getting in the thick of it. You know what I mean. So um, I don't think I'm ready to go on set yet. But hey, man, everybody's got their own timeline. Yeah, no, exactly. I just it was something that was interesting to me. But um, speaking about upcoming movies and projects, I have to of course ask you about Scream because I feel like Scream has had such a, first of all, impact on movies, how horror movies were. I think that not only did Scream have such a cultural impact, but then we had all these other movies, like um, a scary movie and everything. It really just kind of set the pace for so much moving forward. And I'm sure you get this question a lot, but, I mean, how has that kind of felt for you, being involved in um, a film franchise that is still talked about to this day and, in fact, will be getting another um, film sometime in the near future? Um, so, Tia, how old are you? I'm actually 30. <laughs> so you're young. I mean, so Scream yeah. <laughs> came out when you were, like, eight. Um, so it's probably your Halloween. Halloween came out when I was about eight or nine, and that just affected me so much. I don't think I saw it then. I think I saw it a little later. But, um, you know, to me, like, if I watch Halloween now, it holds up like it's 1979. Sorry. Like, I'm still, like, there with my sister grabbing her arm, it's still as scary as ever. And I think that Scream, I go to these conventions, I talk to people like you, I just think it's kind of, it's getting even more popular. Like, it's it's crazy. It totally holds up. It totally reinvigorated the genre, and then it made a new level to the genre because it was self-referential and also meta. You know what I mean? It really was the first meta in the sense that I am named Jamie and I was saying, look behind you. And I'm looking at Jamie Lee Curtis and my name was Jamie. There's just a lot going on. And uh, I, I think it's jumped out of the genre of horror. I think it's just a great movie and uh, in general, and it shouldn't just be categorized as horror. So, and scream five is, is, is was the re, is compelling to tell you why that is happening is because people know there's an appetite for it and um, people ask me about my character he's dead as much as I know he's dead you know I don't I don't think he can come back and that's why Scream is so good because they kill characters that you care about so it'll be interesting to see in the next one if everybody is safe you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, it kind of transcends the genre of horror. I just think it's one of those things where we've had so many uh, years of, say, like the paranormal activity movies, and I think that people are trying to get back to movies that have more of these, like, figures, as you said, 
Halloween with Michael Myers. Um, there's even talk of people wanting a new Nightmare on Elm Street. And But with Scream, it's like, first of all, that mask is so iconic. And the rules of scary movies, I mean, that's something that it's like you couldn't have been more on the nose. And I feel like even to this day, it holds up the rules. Um, so I just think that that's really cool that you – you know, were involved in such a, like, genre-defying film franchise. And I was going to ask if there was any, any uh, you know, if you were going to come back for Screen 5, even though your character is, in fact, deceased, if there was any talk of a cameo or anything like that. Well, I mean, like, so far I can tell you no, but I couldn't lie <laughs> to you. But you never know. But I feel like, look, I feel like the people want it. The people, I, it's people like you and have always come up to me. I, I think the filmmakers, I don't think they, I don't know. I don't think they really realize the character's impact sometimes. It's the people, because the people love it. But I heard Hayden Pantieri might be coming back, and I thought she was killed, but maybe she wasn't. But, I mean, look, I I'm always open to it, but it would have to be, you know, within the rules of what Randy would believe and what, because Randy really is the hardcore horror cinephile. So it would have to satisfy cinephiles' thirst and belief systems. If it didn't, you know. Right, right. And I I do just have uh, kind of one last question. You know, the big, um, you know, secret kind of in stream were who the real killers were. I mean, was that something that everyone kind of knew all along while filming Scream, or was that kind of shrouded in secrecy during much of the filming process? Um, no, the first Scream, we all had the script, so we knew it was Stu and Billy. Um, right. But the second one... We, this was the internet, this was 97, and so that was the first time I ever got a script with a line and a watermark in it. There was two scripts I got that year that had that. That was that one, and the second one was Titanic, and I had to read, I was reading for them, and it was like, whoa, what's a watermark? And they're like, you don't want to leak on the internet. No, and I think one more was Boogie Nights. What a year for movies, right? And, um... (laughs) And I was like, this is so bizarre because we don't have the, 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 the end of the second act and the third act. And I'm like talking to Sarah Michelle Geller. I'm like, well, who's the killer? And she's like, I don't know. might be me. And then she was like reading it. And then she's like, oh, shit, I'm dead. And page like 30. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I, I didn't know I was going to die. And then I found that I was going to die. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, so yeah, that one we didn't know until weeks into the filming. Like maybe some people did, but I didn't. I mean, I'm sure Nev knew she wasn't going to be the killer, but I don't know. If, I'm sure Courtney knew too, but I don't know. Like a lot of us were in the dark. Right, right. And that is such a thing now that you hear actors who are getting only, say, their portions of scripts and they don't really even know, say, what a movie that they're filming is about because they're not even given the whole script. They're just really given their lines. So the act of filmmaking seems like it has differed so much in the past few decades. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense. You know what I mean? They don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Social media will just... When we were doing Scream, it was awesome. We had a script, and no one knew about us or cared. You know, you can't do that today. I mean, someone tweets about it. Boom. Yeah, exactly. It would just explode all over. But, um, Jamie, you know, before I let you go, and, again, it has been so wonderful being able to speak with you. I know that things are so locked down right now, but is there anything that you have in the works, anything that you'd like to promote um, so that listeners certainly know what is next for you? Well, right now, like, I have, I have a lot of stuff on TV, and the main thing is Stupid Smart. It's my special, so you can watch it for free on TV. And then also next week I have another show that I'm hosting called Coming to the Stage, and that's going to be on Pluto, another very cool streaming service. It's also free. And uh, I did a movie with Bruce Dern and Kathy Moriarty and Taryn Manning called Crabs in a Bucket. And that is, uh, I don't know, it was, it was actually supposed to go to Tribeca, but you know where that's at right now. So look for that. And I got a, two more projects I was going to do, two more films. Um, but I don't know when they're going to start now. So all I can say is look for me on your local Amazon Prime, your Tubies, your Vudos, and enjoy my reruns. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, please make sure that you check out Stupid Smart and everything else that is in Jamie's resume. And certainly whenever everything starts picking back up, um, I hope that that will be sometime in the near future. But uh, I hope hopefully you think of us when you are looking to promote your next project. But thank you again, Jamie, for joining me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Kia. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jamie. All right, everyone. Uh, that was really cool uh, to speak with someone who has been such a part of um, our culture and our movies. So it was, that was just so cool. So everyone, please make sure that you check out Stupid Smart on Tubi. As I mentioned at the beginning of this show, that it is totally free. So there's no reason for you not to sign up with Tubi. And of course, make sure you check us out, geekvibesnation.com. We have plenty of interviews and articles and reviews and all that for you to enjoy. And I just really look forward to it. So thank you, everyone. This is Tia. And this is Geek Vibes Nation uh, interviewing Jamie Kennedy. All right. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.